welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word, with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and I'm here with my co-host, Alyssa Mayberry. Hey there. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this has been a tough month for Allison and I. (laughs) Is that an understatement or what? Absolutely. I had the flu, then she had the flu. I don't think they were connected because it was like a couple weeks, I hope. (laughs) Uh, Then I got cancer, and we are still waiting to hear back on if whether or not the melanoma they removed from my scalp was all of the cancer. Um, I'm just trusting the Lord with that. But this month, we're going to be talking about a topic that is such a hard one to cover, Allison. But okay, can we just stop a second and go back? Did you hear what Denise just said? Flu, 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 cancer. Like you are amazing that we're sitting here, we're doing this. And I just, I hope that everybody who's listening prays for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're praying for, for a wonderful outcome, claiming that God knows that he's going to heal you inside and out. And mm-hmm. I just think you're amazing, especially the way that you just said that. Oh yeah, flu, we got cancer. We got, um, but also, you know, like you just said, these are things that we know desperately need to be covered. And we have mm-hmm. been under attack, I think, ever since we said, hey, we need to discuss this subject. <laughs> you think? <laughs> just a bit. So, I mean, to give you guys a little image here, like I can't put the headphones on my head. Because it hurts. She looks adorable, <laughs> though. She's got a cute little hat. And I'm trying not to talk too loud. Am I going to hurt your head? No, no, it's okay. I just, uh, but you know what? God is good. He's good all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> and we need to share this message. And so, uh, you know, I thought about just taking a break. But, you know, uh, where there's a will, <laughs> and there's the there's grace one. of God. Yep. Uh, so, so. The scripture focus for this episode is taken from Romans 9.20. But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? You know, our God made each one of us special, designed each one of us unique. He formed us and made us just as we are intended to be. To deny the gender we were given is ultimately rebellion to tell our Creator that there's a flaw in His design. We live in a time where man tries to define his own truth and where the definition of our identity, our gender, and how God made us is being questioned. And so we know we really need to talk about this today, and it might be hard, but I pray that you'll listen in and know that our hearts are not to judge anyone we, we aren't in that position. Nope. We just want to look at the facts, and we're going to go through the history and look at how we got to where we got today. Absolutely. And what we're going to do is we're just going to jump right in yep. because we have Let's a lot. It. We have so much that we need to cover. Um, so we're going to jump in with there's a current news story about a former NBA star. Uh, his name is Dwayne Wade, and he is proud to support his 12-year-old to live in her truth. Um, we'll go ahead and put in our comments a story that you guys can read um, so you can actually read his article. But it says, born as a boy, he came home and said, hey, so I want to talk to you guys. I think going forward, I'm ready to live my truth. I want to be referenced as she and her. I, I, I'm i just mm-hmm. pausing for a moment. Mm-hmm. The parents reached out to the cast of Pose, a television series about dancers to educate themselves on the LGBTQ community. I I, I just, you have a 12-year-old boy. Mm. You know, 
you hear me stumbling because this is, it's such a topic. And I feel that God gives us our children for such a short time. They are not ours. They are his. And we need to raise them according to his word in his scripture. And it's why we send them to school. It's why they have age limits on things. So Mm. for me, just to think that at 12, you're going to let somebody make a decision Mm. on something that's going to affect them for the rest of their life. I don't get it, and I'm trying to understand it, and that's why I'm so glad we're doing this podcast to Mm. get the facts Mm -hmm. and understand truthfully Mm -hmm. what is happening. Because we know when we act on feelings, it never ends up good. It never ends up good. Well, I appreciate your sensitivity because I think... There, I fear that there's been a desensitization that's happened in our culture Absolutely. where we're almost like, okay, yeah, we're hearing about this all the time, but we should have that reaction that you mm-hmm. just had. And even as we've prepared for this, it's been hard because our hearts feel for everybody involved. My heart breaks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it should. And it, may we not grow so comfortable with the new definitions of our culture that we don't that we don't weep when we see people uh, led astray. So this is the day and age we live in. We we go to TV stars for counsel on our identity. That's what Mm -hmm. those parents did. God has already given us our identity. But as we will see in this episode, our identity is being stolen. My heart goes out to those who are gender confused and who are being told that they cannot help it. Friends, God is not the author of confusion, but he can clear up confusion through his word and the Holy Spirit. This reminds me of Pontius Pilate, who was staring right at Jesus, truth personified, and asked, what is truth? And this is in John 18, 38. We have a culture that has divorced itself from truth and redefined what truth is, and so now people are trying to define their own truth, as in the example you shared. Mm -hmm. I want to live my truth. The truth regarding our identity is critical. When we get confused about who we are, we can believe lies and feel stuck to believe labels that might feel like truth, but feelings are not fact. So with Pontius Pilate, we want to ask the question, what is truth? What is the truth about this situation? What's the truth about gender confusion and our identity? Is truth based on objective evidence, on scientific fact? Is truth formed from consensus or individual emotions? Is there a standard for truth in measurements for social issues? This issue is critical to discuss because it is not just impacting the person confused about their gender. It is a political movement seeking to undermine God's truth and morality in our culture. And simply put, it is not based on truth. People are being lied to and caving to their truth because it feels impossible to go against what they feel. Allison, there's so much of this topic in the news, and yet we aren't hearing what we need to hear, the truth. Confusion over gender and transgenderism, hormone-blocking drugs, transgender locker rooms, drag queen story time, you name it. The hard thing about these discussions is people shut down because of being offended, and they close their minds to truth. Our culture redefines words and confusion results, and we are going to try to speak into this mess today. Well, actually, all month long. <laughs> <laughs> it might take us a while to get through this. And that's what I think hope, I hope people will understand is what we're trying to do today in this episode 
is speaking about the truth. And historically, we can see where the definition for gender was changed. Mm. And we know there's lots of people that go back and forth. But what we're doing today is to try to give you the facts, the black and white, right? Nothing Mm. else. Mm. Um, And and we know there's going to be discussion about this. Um, So if you were to look at the Webster's Dictionary, okay? I I don't even know if kids even know what a Webster's Dictionary (laughs) is anymore. But Webster's Dictionary in 1913... The definition of gender was based on objective, measurable evidence and agreed by on a consensus. Today's definition is based on emotional and personal preference. No clear consensus. I hope hope you guys heard me there, okay? Mm. Because looking at the dictionary meaning of words can also take us back to the root of the original meaning. So what do I mean by that? For instance, the word gender in the dictionary today, okay, 2020, reads, either of the two sexes, male and female, especially when considered with reference to social and cultural differences rather than biological ones. The term is also used more broadly to denote a range of identities that do not correspond to established ideas of male and female. I wish you all could see us because we're kind of looking at each other like, how, how did we get here? How did the... How it did feels like a sci-fi thriller. It, it, Everyone's <laughs> minds have been like, wait, this is now it. And we look around, oh, okay. Right, yeah. like what's happening? Yeah. yeah. The fact or condition of belonging to or identifying with a particular gender is what it also says. It, it, that's today's definition. Today's, yeah. <laughs> remember, male or female, right? Mm. That you mm. have to remember that, not a particular gender. Originally, the definition in Webster from 1913 defines gender as the properties that distinguish organisms on the basis of their reproductive roles. God made humans male or female. That there's there's no in between, male, female. It seems simple, but you know, the enemy has a way Absolutely. of taking what is simple, making it real complicated. Do you notice the shift there? They took a word and made it a social argument yep. rather than the original concrete definition. So if we can separate our emotions from reality, everyone should be able to see that the definition we have for gender has been changed in the past 50 to 70 years. Yes. Intentionally. So, Allison, our listeners can't see this, but I'm holding an apple that looks mighty delicious, I might add. Yum. And in the other hand, I'm holding an orange. I can say all day long that the apple is an orange, but by merely speaking it, I do not make it so. I never could, and vice versa. But once it has been made, an apple was made the way it is, and so was an orange. There is a special segment of society where we must now call an apple an orange in order to appease the emotional truth of that segment. But then call it an apple when speaking to others. Imagine the confusion when in a store or restaurant and wanting to order an apple, but not knowing how the party you are speaking to will receive the request. The result is confusion and chaos. And how does this happen? When the truth is substituted by a lie. 
It just hurts my heart, again, talking about all of this, because I, I, I want to look. I see where the definitions have been changed, but where did we lose mm-hmm. that truth? Where, where did we go down this other path? Um, you know, it's a social phenomenon that reminds me of the story of the emperor's new clothes. I'm sure mm-hmm. some people know about it, some people don't. But in this story, the king is convinced that he's wearing clothes when he actually wasn't. The fear of labels from man made him go with the crowd. And we know it's easy for that to happen, right? Your friend's doing it, so I'm going to do it. Well, most people didn't realize that the tale of the emperor's new clothes exemplifies one of mankind's biggest problems known as groupthink. Groupthink is a psychological phenomenon that occurs within a group of people in which the desire for harmony or conformity in the group results in irrational or dysfunctional decision-making outcomes. In these groups, the group members try to minimize conflict, right? We see that all Mm -hmm. the time, and reach a consensus decision without critical evaluations of alternative viewpoints by actively suppressing dissenting viewpoints and by isolating themselves from outside influences. This process leads to what I call collective ignorance, Mm -hmm. where the ideas of what is reality are massaged together and cast as bronzed gospel, meaning they are nothing more than well-fashioned ignorance that should then be tested as the hypotheses they are versus treated as certain truth. Yes. And you know, in that story, I remember thinking, gosh, that's a weird story. That would never happen. Right. But there is this pressure you feel uh, that you can't go against what everyone is saying because right. you're then judgmental. You're a bigot. You are a racist. Uh, I recently had someone call me that uh, because I said I shared a testimony about my interaction with a transgender recently and how I was able to pray with them and how it was a beautiful moment with them where Absolutely. there was no judgmentalism, but you're not allowed to even talk about it. See, that that's dysfunction right. at its best, really, or right. worst. <laughs> at its worst, definitely. So how much we see this manifested today, social media and propaganda of social agendas have changed definitions of terms medically and even their core definition, as we saw in Webster. Scientifically, even if someone changes their physical bodies, they cannot change their chromosomes. Yep. And the Bible speaks to this. The Hebrew word for male in Genesis 5, verse 2, where it says he made them male and female, the word male is zakar, and I may be mispronouncing that, (laughs) and it occurs 82 times in the Old Testament, and it means male or male organ. It's a man. That's simple, right? I mean, we can tell when a baby is born whether it is male or female. So when did this shift start where the word gender became separated from the sexual orientation of a person by birth? Well, we can see how the definition was changed in the dictionary. Let's look at another definition. Gender dysphoria is the distress a person feels due to a mismatch between their gender identity and their sex assigned at birth. That's Wikipedia. We all, we know, all know about Wikipedia. <laughs> Here's Merriam-Webster. Gender dysphoria is typically manifested by a rejection of traditional gender roles and by a desire to live as a member of the opposite sex. Did you catch the free will choice Mm. made in there? Rejection of traditional gender roles, a desire to live as a member of the opposite sex. So 
listen, I, I understand that sometimes we can be deceived. This is what we're talking about here today, deceived. There's a lack of truth. And we can believe that we should be something else. But we have to look to God's word for our definition and not our feelings. We've had people in our culture who rejected their race and said they identified as another race. This was rejected as a lie because it is a lie. We've had people, for example, a 50-year-old man I saw in the news say that he identified as a 10-year-old little boy. And some of the groupthink people thought he should be allowed to play with little boys. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. This is nonsense. It's a lie. I don't get what. Right. Well, I wonder what another era would say about us. Hey, these people don't know if they're male or female. Come on, guys. You know, we got to open our eyes. Uh, It's a lie. We can say all day what we identify as or what we want to identify as, but this is not reality. Our identity is in Christ. We were made to know God just as he made us. But our surrounding culture is feeding us lies and confusion. May God help us to please hear truth. May we be objective and refute the lies fed by emotion and by the flesh. Because transgender does not happen to a person. It is chosen. That's the definition by Merriam-Webster. Why would someone choose that? And we also see this in scripture. Because of lies. We've been lied to. We are all in the struggle of our lives against sin. No one is better. But it grieves my heart when I see children believing these lies and then wanting to take their life, because I've seen this, because they just don't know who they are. Changes have been made behind the scenes to try and normalize what is normal. Shifts in thinking and language have set the stage for a mass deception that has besieged countries to believe something as simple as the gender we were born with can be questioned. In addition to the definition of gender as defined by the Bible and also changes in the definition as defined by man, Webster, and the very clear definition of gender dysphoria, there have also been changes in medical diagnostic labels too. Absolutely. Another shift has been in the classification of mental illnesses and gender dysphoria. Here's a little history on gender dysphoria. This is according to the National Library of Medicine, National Institution of Health, and is a quote from their article, which I will also provide as a link on our show notes afterwards. Evidence of some dissatisfaction with one's gender can be found in some medical literature all the way from the 19th century. There was even a metamorphosis Greek myth that told a story of a woman becoming a man. However, homosexual fetishism, gender identity disorder, and associated conditions were mixed together and regarded as types of sexual perversion that were considered ethically objectionable until the 1950s. The first performance of sex reassignment surgery was in 1952. Guys, this blows my mind. Uh, I know. It's 2020. Like, it, I just find it crazy that it's so in the news now. Mm. And it was happening all those years ago and it was never talked about. John William Money studied the sexual consciousness about disorders of sex development and advocated the concept of gender in 1957. Crazy. 1957 is when the concept of gender was advocated separate from a person's biological sex. Mm. (laughs) Guys, concept does not equal truth. And a theory is not a fact. And I know that this is going to upset lots of people that we're talking about, about this. 
but it has to be talked about. And I think it has to be talked about through love and grace. And I hope the people that listen and that want to have conversations with us have conversations about this Mm -hmm. because that's what our goal is, is to have a conversation like Jesus would about this. Like we just said, a theory is not a fact, right? Mm -hmm. We also know we don't want to make decisions based on feelings. So true, Allison. And you know, it's it, when you hear the word concept and advocated, this is a political maneuver. Mm-hmm. And what we're sharing here is truth to set people free. Because no one likes to be lied to, right? I mean, I don't like it when people lie to me. Nope. And so we've been lied to, and we're revealing right here on this episode how definitions have been changed and now how medical manuals have been changed because this is truth and we want to help people see they've been believing a lie. So after um, after John William Money shared that concept, thereafter the disparity between anatomical sex and gender identity was referred to as a psychopathological condition of gender identity disorder. So because he did that, that caused that. And this was used for its diagnostic name when it was introduced in that manual. The diagnostic label gender identity disorder was used by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders until it was renamed gender dysphoria in 2013 with the release of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders version 5. So you see what happened there? They, they changed it, and the diagnosis was renamed to remove the stigma associated with the term disorder. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but if I know I have a disorder, like finding cancer this past week, yeah. if you tell me, no, it's, it's not cancer, you just have a bump on your head, yeah. I would be dead. Absolutely. So we are dead in our sins if we don't believe that what we're doing is wrong when it is wrong. And so this knowing that something is um, a disorder is, hey, this is not uh, how God made you to behave, right. is actually a blessing and a kindness. It's cruel to leave someone in their sin and say, you know what, you just go do whatever works for you. Whatever your truth is, is actually cruel. So it also refers to assigned gender rather than to sex and includes disorders of sexual development. Moreover, the subclassifications regarding sexual orientations were deleted from that manual. So guys, this is real stuff on the internet. We'll include links. This isn't Allison or I even talking here. We're Mm -mm. speaking the words. We're sharing what we discovered as we were researching where does this come from. Right. So this manual... Uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, say that three times fast, (laughs) Uh, number five, reflects an attempt to include only a medical designation of people who have suffered due to the gender disparity, thereby respecting the concept of transgender and accepting the diversity of the role of gender. This indicates that transgender issues are now at a massive turning point. So I know there are also other articles that point to, and we'll have some different links, uh, to the manipulation of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual to remove certain definitions. Because I'm not wanting these individuals to be further stigmatized, decisions were made, and now we are where we are today, where the LGBTQ activists are campaigning and moving toward normalizing a sexually deviant lifestyle. Let's be clear. Our heart breaks for their emotional confusion. We have compassion because we too have to fight sinful impulses in our flesh. But normalizing something in man's eyes will not give 
what the LGBTQ proponents are seeking. Mm-hmm. Even when we have loved ones we have, who have chosen fake identities, we cannot bend God's rules. This is a perversion and is detestable in God's sight. There are arguments like, we just want to do with our body what we want, and it shouldn't affect you. It's absolutely not true. They want to educate the next generation with their viewpoint and normalize this behavior, which the Bible clearly calls a sin, throwing innocent children into confusion. And children who might be confused end up on a course for their lives that is filled with treatment for gender dysphoria, including hormone therapy or surgery, counseling or psychotherapy. It is making confusion into a scientific phenomenon to legitimize sin. Yeah, and you know, please don't hear what we are not saying. We don't hate anyone who has believed that they are a different gender. Um, We would be hating people if we let them believe lies and did not share the truth. To let someone believe they cannot help their struggle, that's that's a lie. Like Denise said, mm. we we struggle every single day in our flesh. And you know, it can. It feels like true with like it feels like truth. The enemy of our souls is a really, really good liar. But you have to look at the facts. Guys, look at how your loving God made you. Mm. And you can go before him and you can pray and say, God, please help me. When I first became a Christian, I didn't believe. But I asked God to help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You can do that right now. You can say, I don't know what these two crazy women are talking about. <laughs> but please check the facts. Check what's happened. You don't have to stay in the place of confusion. And we're all struggling with the same thing, sin. Our flesh wants to go its own way. But truth is not subjective. Truth cannot mean two things at the same time. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. No. And truth with grace is that God loved us so much that he gave his life for us so we could rise above sin in our lives, not give in to it. Labeling people as haters because they are standing on what God's word says won't solve the issue. We had Caleb Calton back on this show about a year ago who was raised by two gay parents. It was the hatred that he felt from Christians that made him also hate them. But eventually it was the kindness of Christians that drew him to Christ. And he's now a pastor reaching many in the LGBTQ community with love, grace, and truth. His book, Messy Grace, is such a help to this discussion. People really get charged on this topic, I think, because they think they are rejected for their view. We are not rejecting Mm -mm. anybody. God is not rejecting you. We make a choice whether we're going to walk in obedience to God or not. And God has repentance and we we can come back to God. I have friends on both sides of this issue and I love them. It is not personal. Now, and a lot of things that we discussed today were facts, right? Mm -hmm. The underlying foundation of biblical truth. Definitions in the dictionary, medical manuals that have been changed over the years. And it was hard. This was hard for us to Mm -hmm. do, and I really do. I feel like we we were attacked, but it's something that needs to be discussed. And you just said it needs to be discussed in love in truth, and in grace. And next week, we're going to continue this discussion as we talk about why this matters to everyone, not just to people who are going through it. It matters to everyone. And come to a conclusion as to what our true identity is. The raw truth is that truth is not subjective or based on emotional needs. 
The radical grace is when we disagree on what is truth, God's word can help us all to see. And the real hope is when we walk in obedience to God's words and principles, he is able to help us change and overcome sin. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and life like and live life in the freedom of truth. Thank you.